Okay, everyone. Warmest welcome to all our attendees, our fellows, members, friends, and guests. Thank you for joining us for the first of the Mohidin Ibn Arabi Society online event for the year 2023. Uh, my name is Chris Ramlan, and today I'm co-hosting with Martin Notcutt, and who is behind the screen, and with Lucy Barrett. It now gives us great pleasure to welcome Dr. Dunya Rashid with, with us today. And by way of background, that's a quick introduction for Dunya. Uh, Dunya's primary research interest is in the field of medieval intellectual history, with a focus on the Akbarian cosmology, philosophical Sufism, and the Islamic philosophy of language. Dunya earned her PhD in Islamic studies at the Freie Universität Berlin in 2019. And back in 2021, Dunya has launched at MEAS um, a book, and I'm sure many of us here are familiar with the book, or at least with the title of the book, which is The Written World of God, The Cosmic Script and the Art of Ibn Arabi. It was published by Anka Publishing. Currently, Junia is in the last part of writing for, uh, for printing for a publication of today's topic, and it will be published, hopefully, by the State University of New York Press. And we wish you all the best, Junia, and we look forward to reading it. <laughs> Thank you. And now over to you, and the floor is all yours. Greetings, everyone. We are just a few days away from the beginning of the holy month of Ramadan. This is a time of fasting and prayer and self-reflection. When the gates of heaven are opened and evil jinn are chained in hell. There are, however, different kinds of prisons and different kinds of chains. You are all probably familiar with stories featuring an evil genie trapped in a magic lamp or alternatively in modern versions in the eye of a nightingale glassware. Some prisons are, however, made of flesh. And the story goes, there is a special type of jinn which dwells, uh, although unwillingly, in the hearts and bloodstream of mankind. Uh, these jinn are collectively known as Qurana, or jinn doppelgangers in English. Now, jinn doppelgangers are far from monolithic, and throughout the centuries, numerous stories of uh, jinn doppelgangers have been circulating in Muslim cultures and societies. That said, most these stories have a um, few elements in common. For instance, each Karin was thought to be conceived uh, at the same time as its human. And when a child is born, a Karin descends uh, to the visible world. Some stories attributed the first cry of an infant to a pinch from this genie. It is at this moment, at the moment of birth, that the bond between a human being and their Karin is formed. A Karin will whisper to the child from that moment on, tempting it to uh, follow its passions and to indulge in its whims. But if a child, in spite of Karin's efforts, turns out to be honorable, pious and just, their Karin will convert to Islam and guide them to the mysteries of life. These are the stories and most medieval 
and early modern uh, legends, reports, and narratives of jinn doppelgangers are based on the Islamic normative tradition. For instance, uh, there is a sound hadith uh, reading that each human being has a karin from among the jinn. Another hadith reads that the devil runs in the bloodstream of Adam's descendants. Possible origins, or rather possible inspirations, behind uh, the Islamic notions of of Purana'a are still a matter of debate among scholars. For instance, uh, some scholars, like Van Vlotten, speculated that these uh, legends, or rather hadith narratives, might have been inspired by the Prophet's attempts to curb the social influence of Bedouin seers. Seers and poets uh, of old Arabia have been traditionally suspected of having close personal relationship with the jinn folk. And the Prophet opposed to people honoring the seers for the accuracy of their predictions, since these were actually made by jinn. He said, Every word they say, which happens to be true, is what a jinn is telltale snatched from heavens and purred into the ears of his friend. A seer then mixes that word with 100 lies. Of course, it goes without saying there are no concrete uh, evidences to support Van Vlontaine's theory, and most scholars believe that legends of jinn doppelgangers actually predate the rise of Islam. Samuel Zwemer, in particular, linked Bedouin legends uh, concerning jinn doppelgangers to the ancient Egyptian religion, Emheru. Bert Emheru is more widely known today as the Egyptian Book of the Dead. And uh, Zwemer, in particular, was referring to the ancient Egyptian belief in ka doubles. On the authority of Egyptologist Wallace Buck, Zwemer identified Ka as um, an abstract uh, individuality or personality of a human being, which is endowed with all of their character traits. Citation closed. Uh, Now, um, there are um, numerous contemporary anthropological studies indicating that the two doppelgangers, Ka and Karin, were indistinguishable in popular religion as late as 20th century. Al-Shami, in particular, linked the legends and stories of doppelgangers being born at the same time as their humans to the ancient Egyptian depictions of god Knum. Knum uh, is depicted on the current slide as he is shaping a royal descendant and their ka simultaneously so that the two can be born together. But once again, these are just theories and speculations and uh, as Fritz Meyer pointed out, uh, similar stories of evil doubles can also be found in Manichaeism, in Mazdaism, as well as in the works of Plato and Plutarch. And each of these works, or none of them, uh, could have served as an uh, indirect source of inspiration for Bedouins. Uh, when it comes to medieval and early modern Islamic jinn uh, narratives, uh, As I said before, uh, these stories and narratives are far from monolithic. And yet, one could perhaps speak of a general tendency to use jinn 
as examples of moral immoral conduct uh, in poetry and literature. Uh, religious scholars uh, or ulama uh, were less interested in culture, society or anatomy of the jinn folk. They, however, believed that the jinn are attracted to immoral conduct, to human sins and blameworthy character traits such as anger, lust, greed and avarice. And as a result, uh, typical jinn narratives will usually emphasize on the necessity of um, upholding proper moral conduct, or alternatively, they will emphasize on the necessity of adhering to certain religious practices, which, when um, properly executed, would presumably uh, keep uh, jinn at bay. These tendencies can also be seen in Hadith narratives, and I will give just one example. The Prophet said, Do not visit women whose husbands are away from home, or the devil, or harin in original, circulates in your blood. We asked whether this applies to him as well, and he said, To me as well, but God helped me against it and made me safe from it. Throughout the centuries, whispers of jinn doppelgangers, or uh, waswas in Arabic, were regularly used as um, justifications or excuses for excessive behavior in Muslim cultures and societies. These creatures were regularly blamed for um, impure thoughts, dark impulses, and for human sins in general. And uh, the reasoning behind these narratives is quite simple. For if we were to assume that a doppelganger is to blame for the sins committed by humans, this would then imply that human beings are good by nature. This is, however, wishful thinking and tales. And to borrow the words of Shahrazad, all tales must stand at dawn when speaking is no longer permitted. The sun is still relatively high on the horizon here where I'm sitting, and this is no time for stories. From this moment on, uh, all narratives we will be discussing and all theories and teaching presented will be based on the surviving works of Ibn Arabi. On his side, Ibn Arabi claimed that all his teachings are the direct product of the divine revelations he received, a gospel truth rather than fiction. Uh, Ibn Arabi's works, on the one hand, uh, contain abundance of information uh, concerning um, anatomy, character, and behavior of the jinn folk. However, by his own admission, Ibn Arabi was less interested in amassing curious tales than in interpreting them. This is what he said, for example. The story of Amar al-Jinni, God have mercy on him, is very famous indeed. Amar was killed by a whirlwind. He was seen in a whirlwind. He was scattered by it and left for dead. He died soon afterwards, only to be integrated as a worshipper among the jinn. If we were to write a book consisting of quoted reports and stories, we would have mentioned some of it, a glimpse perhaps. However, this book was intended for the understanding of meanings. 
You should look in histories of literature and in poetry or gene stories instead. In other words, Ibn Arabi was chiefly interested in the meaning of jinn stories and the reason why God created jinn and allowed them to act the way they do. Today, a contemporary researcher writing about the jinn folk would um, typically presume that uh, his research falls under the scope of genealogy. There is, however, no uh, Arabic equivalent to this term in Ibn Arabi's works. As a matter of fact, Ibn Arabi maintained that every true and useful knowledge always uh, points a way to God. And jinn studies are not an exception uh, in this uh, regard. Before we uh, go on uh, explaining how exactly are, um, how exactly is Ibn Arabi research uh, on jinn concerned with the God, the Creator? Let us uh, dwell just for a moment on a famous paragraph from the Meccan Revelations, which can still be found on the banner of Ibn Arabi society. Ibn Arabi said, God created us only to worship him and to know him. If we gaze, it is upon him. If we hear, it is him we hear. If we use our intelligence, it is towards him. If we reflect, it is upon him. If we know, it is him we know. If we have faith, it is the faith in him. For it is he who is revealed in every face, sought in every sign, gazed upon by every eye, worshipped in every object of worship, and pursued in the invisible and the visible. Even Arabi spoke of beautiful God in his works, and he referred to the Quranic revelation and Hadith to affirm that God is beautiful, merciful, and kind. However, he was also described as the deceiver, the one who leads astray. And these divine names and attributes are also reflected and embodied in the world he created. Among the most notable um, self-disclosures of the divine name Al-Muthil, the one who leads astray, that Ibn Arabi listed are jinn doppelgangers, Iblis the devil, and evil human beings and evil spirits in general. They all exist because God wanted them to exist. Even Arabi uh, and the ulema um, generally agreed that God is omniscient, omnipresent, and omnipotent. And on his side, uh, Ibn Arabi maintained that God is first and foremost kind. And yet, he created evil jinn. He then had this jinn yoked to humans uh, uh, against the will of these spirits and allowed them uh, to misguide humans and inspire them to sin, even though it was entirely in his power to do otherwise. But the fact that the innocent suffer does not mean God is unjust. Ibn Arabi was absolutely adamant on the matter. Yet, rather than taking his words for granted, Ibn Arabi invited his readers to verify the truth of this claim 
for themselves. His writings uh, about gene doppelgangers and the gene cult in general thus reflect his attempts to expound the problem of evil in Islamic religious philosophy. No other scholar, even Arabi boasted, has ever managed to get to the heart of this matter uh, before him. In the following part of my presentation, I will summarize uh, Ibn Arabi's writings on the problem of evil, especially with regard to the existence and behavior of uh, Iblis the devil, an evil jinn which were traditionally perceived as children of Iblis. We will begin with Ibn Arabi's twofold definition of evil. On the one hand, Ibn Arabi recognized the existence of the absolute evil, which he identified as non-existence. And then we have relative evil or human notions of what is evil. By this, Ibn Arabi presumed, um, for instance, the failure to fulfill our desires or um, all things unpleasant. Sicknesses personal failures, misfortune, death. These were all commonly associated uh, with a jinn in poetry and literature. On the one hand, a person could be reconciled to the fact that God created evil jinn and had them yoked to humans out of obedience and respect for God. And this would mean following the example of angels who, in spite of their initial reservations, prostrated themselves before Adam when God ordered them to do so. On the one hand, Ibn Arabi indeed uh, recognized the necessity of bowing down to the will of God. And yet... He wanted to convince uh, his readers that the world would not be a better place without the jinn. In other words, Ibn Arabi was fully convinced that God already made the world to be perfect as it is. And his reasoning was the following. Yes, jinn doppelgangers tempt humans. And yes, they attempt to lead them astray. However, the nobility of human nature, Ibn Arabi said, is based on successfully overcoming temptation. And even if a person was to give in to the whisperings of their doppelganger and commit sin, this still does not mean that the triumph of an evil spirit is guaranteed. For Ibn Arabi said that person is then very likely to repent. And such is the power of redemption that a sinner might even gain the status of shahid while being alive still. This is what uh, Ibn Arabi wrote about Iblis the devil and his attempts to corrupt humans in particular. The devil aims to weaken what is good in humans, not realizing, because he is greedy and blind, that the curse and offense for this disobedience come back to haunt him. This is one of the tricks God plays on Iblis. Had the devil known that God, as a special favor to humans, was helping them with these satanic attacks, Iblis wouldn't try to pull such tricks on humans. This is the trick God fooled Iblis with. 
when spiritual seekers reach a certain level of spiritual development, they tend uh, to see uh, good in everything. They even tend to develop love and compassion for the forms of existence that are traditionally perceived as twisted, uh, corrupt, uh, and depraved. A good example would be the Prophet Muhammad, who famously forbade his followers uh, to kill snakes, or Jesus, who worried for the well-being of a pig. Ibn Arabi, by his own admission, had uh, far less compassion for Iblis and his kin, and he even openly professed his reluctance to write about the problem of evil, lest Iblis also uh, profits from it. In general, Ibn Arabi had very, very little love and little sympathies for the jinn folk. As a general rule, a direct contact and interactions with jinn were uh, strongly discouraged among Akbarians. Jinn doppelgangers are a notable exception uh, because Ibn Arabi believed uh, it is by the will of God that these jinn are yoked to humans. And as a result, um, a cutting cannot be exercised. It cannot be killed and it cannot be a subdued with theoretical knowledge. The only way to prevent a karin from causing mischief and tempting a spiritual seeker is to follow the example of the Prophet Muhammad and convert the karin to Islam. That way, a karin can also enter the heavenly gardens with its human after death. Now, as I said before, Attempts to save this creature that is dead set on destroying a spiritual seeker was not entirely uh, motivated by compassion, at least not in Aquarian Sufism. However, the only way to be safe from a Karin is to save uh, the Karin itself, to convert it and transform it into something harmless and enlightened. Through the course of my work on my forthcoming book uh, on the jinn doppelgangers, I have encountered numerous talismans and numerous rituals which were used to weaken and subdue jinn doppelgangers. Now, Ibn Arabi himself was no stranger to talismans, and on the current slide you can see what is probably the sole surviving talisman in Ibn Arabi's own hand. I would now like to use this opportunity uh, to publicly thank Stephen Hirtenstein for alerting me about the existence of the following paragraph from Ibn Arabi's Kitab al-Khalwa. The paragraph contains uh, instructions which, when properly followed, would presumably allow a spiritual seeker to come face to face with their karim and confront it directly if that is their desire. As you can see, uh, the ritual includes uh, the ritual seclusion for 40 days, a regular change of clothes and following a specific diet. Uh, it also advises a spiritual seeker to recite the following special names after each prayer. Now, even though Ibn Arabi did not doubt the efficiency and authenticity of this method, he nonetheless advised uh, his readers against uh, confronting uh, their Karin uh, directly. 
his preferred method of dealing with Karim and converting this creature to Islam uh, were indirect methods, which were based on spiritual work. The reasoning behind these indirect methods is Ibn Arabi's assumption there are parallels uh, between human beings, or microcosm, and macrocosm. In this scheme of things, demonic doubles uh, would uh, be a macrocosmic equivalent to the lower soul in humans. Now, um, this is not to say that Ibn Arabi used the jinn doppelgangers as allegories for the lower soul in humans. He, as a matter of fact, claimed uh, that um, attempts to interpret religious doctrines uh, allegorically only serve to demonstrate uh, one's um, lack of knowledge and their weak faith in general. Ibn Arabi rather thought that the jinn doppelgangers and the lower soul are um, analogous to one another. And as a result, uh, the same method can be used to convert the Qarim to Islam and to transform the lower soul into the soul of peace. There are several methods uh, in the Meccan revelations and uh, described to achieve this feat, and one can use uh, one of them or all of them simultaneously to reach the desired goal. For instance, uh, one could rely on fasting. For Ibn Arabi believed that fasting prevents the Qarin from circulating in the bloodstream of humans. Now, um, there is no general consensus among scholars on the matter. However, uh, most scholars believe a Qarin must enter a human heart in order to be able to whisper to humans. Uh, as a result, uh, when a person fasts, a Qarin cannot circulate in the bloodstream cannot uh, enter the heart and cannot influence human beings. Ibn Arabi uh, had one more explanation for the efficiency of this method, a more simple explanation. For he said that fasting makes the human body weaker. And when a body is weaker, we naturally have far less energy than usual to follow good suggestions of our doppelganger. Uh, then uh, he also advises purity when confronting a karin. Uh, by this he meant the purity of the body and the purity of thoughts, uh, both of which can be achieved through self-isolation. And then there is self-restraint. Now, uh, just a short explanation. On his side, Ibn Arabi did not think that human beings can ever be free from negative character traits, such as anger, lust, greed, and avarice. Uh, some uh, works believed that the jinn doppelgangers actually gain sustenance from human sins and blameworthy character traits, and as a result, uh, self-restraint uh, makes them weaker, like fasting uh, would normally make a human body weaker than it was. Uh, now, since human beings are neither gods nor angels, they can never be completely free from negative character traits and impulses. Uh, as a result, uh, Ibn Arabi advised people who are, for example, prone to anger to try being angry for God's sake. Or um, if a person is greedy by nature, 
Even Arabi advised them to try being greedy for knowledge, uh, for exchange. However, the most famous, most efficient, and preferred methods of dealing with uh, demonic doubles uh, relied on dhikr and especially prayer. This is due to the fact that Ibn Arabi believed that when a human prayer in Sisir, the human heart bows down and prostrates alongside the human body before God. And at this moment, when the human heart prostrates itself before God, no genie uh, can reach it. And as a result, they cannot uh, influence human beings. Let us reflect for a moment on a story uh, Ibn Arabi recorded in uh, the Meccan Revelations. It concerns uh, Iblis' attempt to uh, convert uh, to corrupt uh, the Sheikh Abu Madian. And um, the story goes that one nameless friends of God uh, encountered Iblis the devil and asked him how far along is he with his efforts. And Iblis said, how can I be compared to him? Well, Tosik, satanic inrush is at him, at his heart. This is like a person urinating in the Mediterranean Sea. If one were to ask such a person, why is he urinating in the sea? He would say, in order to pollute it so that it would never be clean. Did you ever see anyone who is more ignorant than that? Such is also the case with me and the heart of Abhumatyan. The more I toss things at him, the more he alters his core being. The ability to alter one's core being or to alter one's heart uh, when faced with danger or when faced with satanic attacks was associated with um, higher states of spiritual development in the Meccan revelations. Now, it is important to know that Ibn Arabi believed that both doppelgangers and evil jinn uh, tailored their, their tactics when attacking humans to our um, current emotions, to our current state of mind. So, uh, in the case of advanced spiritual practitioners, when a genie attacks, their state of heart just changes and the tactics uh, proves to be inefficient. In addition, Ibn Arabi believed that um, in the case of advanced spiritual seekers, their heart uh, always uh, bows down to God at every moment of their life, not just during prayer. Uh, as a result, he compared uh, these spiritual seekers to God's messengers and prophets uh, who were also said to have the heart no genie can reach. Now, Iblis the devil was once described as the most ignorant of all evil jinn in the Meccan revelations. This is evident uh, from the story that you can still see on the current slide. For even though Iblis is well aware uh, that um, his efforts are all in vain, he continues attacking uh, the sheikh. Even Arabi said that uh, jinn doppelgangers are less obstinate and wiser than in bliss uh, in this regard. So when a doppelganger senses uh, that it is dealing with an advanced spiritual practitioner, that its human has a heart that is beyond its power to corrupt, 
a genie uh, bows down to God as well and embraces Islam. This is at least how Ibn Arabi interpreted Hadith. Uh, God supported me against my Karin and he submitted. Or in Ibn Arabi's interpretation, this is when the Karin of the Prophet Muhammad converted to Islam. In my um, forthcoming book on jinn doppelgangers, I have uh, tried uh, to um, provide a comprehensive overview of the jinn society, their culture, anatomy, and behavior. And of course, thank you very much for attending uh, my lecture today. Thank you. <laughs>